Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio is on the air. From the magnificent Cowlick Media offices located in my basement, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, also on Twitter. I haven't been tweeting much. Me, I, you, uh, you know, know I, I gotta be honest. Uh, we have we have the Twitter account, but I just the Twitter <laughs> is so fraught with political stuff on both oh sides. Oh my god! And I'm so tired of hearing it that I just started ignoring it. Uh, I I've been on Facebook way way too much lately. Ooh, but yeah, that's only gotta... because I found out they've got a pool game on Facebook. I've been shooting pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even think of that. I, I actually, I get on, I check on some of the cars places, some of the event things mm-hmm. going on. I'll, I'll uh, share something fun on Road Muscle Radio, and then I get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, I look at Harley stuff. I look through my uh, my list of, my bucket list of cars, uh, Cobras, Panteras, Porsches, Trans oh Ams, <laughs> stuff like that. First gen Camaros, uh, oh, 70 Chevilles. Oh, give me a Chevelle. And uh, then I go play pool until my butt hurts, and then I leave. You know, my wife calls it car porn, it and is. she's not it wrong. That's, no. that's where I spend no, my porn time. Is entirely accurate. Absolutely car porn. Uh, you can check us also out on roadmuscleradio.com. We'll have links there, our blog, events, and, of course, our podcasts. Now, coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, a monster crate motor with zero cylinders. Uh-huh. 1962 <laughs> is alive and well. Modesto, California. God bless them. Demons are going to court. Ruh-roh. And thoughts for your horsepower's hibernation. I hate that. In segment two, Sue Stringer, the byways and agritourism manager. Agritourism. I didn't know that was... That's got, that's a I had to look it word. up, and I'm like, that's bitch and cool. It's a good made-up word. Yeah, and perfect for Kansas Travel Tourism mm-hmm. Division. And Colby Sharples-Terry with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Plus, she's a member of the North American uh, North America Travel Journalists Association. Will join us for some insight on autumn's best routes heading out of Kansas City. They've got the scoop on the colors, the places where and- you can stand and just go, Whoa. There are some fantastic drives to be taken along with all of that, that color, all that foliage. Um, my favorite is probably Highway 5 that pops out by Leavenworth. Lots of curves and hills in that road. Lots of trees. Lots of colors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. It's a, is that the, uh, the, they call it now the, I think it's a Glacier Scenic Highway. Scenic what? Byway. Heading up north out of Leavenworth. I, you get up out into Atchison and just keep on rolling? No, no, no. I'm talking about the one that comes off 435 oh, West 430. and then I, spits I, out up there. But I still, that's a really fun ride or drive depending upon what you got. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little geocentric, but we get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what did you do this week in cars? Uh, cars. I bought it. You were present for this one. We had a good old JR from Watch JR Go. Oh, my God. That's right. On our that's other too show. funny. Yes. And I bought uh, a really cheap car from JR from my daughter, which will keep her from driving any of the other stuff I own and like. Talk about that sexy beast. Uh, it is a 97 <laughs> Buick LeSabre that has a really uni- has a unique smell inside. <laughs> it's kind of like air freshener and a casket. Uh, it's, it's air freshener and a casket and maybe a little dead hobo. Uh, but a, a little bit of detailing. The car is going to be nice. It's a oh, yeah. great first car for a kid. It's perfect. It's a, there's a heavy dose of grandma to it, which makes it not fast, but it's decent. Well, it's got the, what, a six in it? Yeah, it's got the, it, one of the best motors that GM has ever made. It's got a 3.8 liter six in it. And it's the same motor that Rhonda and I had in three different Grand Prix GTPs. Oh, so wow. I love that motor. It just doesn't have the Grand, the GTP supercharger. Thank God. Because <laughs> my kid's got a lead foot and a ball bearing ankle. So uh, it takes after the old man a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think she came by that honestly. Uh, yeah. Well, just just because she's seen me do the crap I do doesn't know why I do the crap I do. And then when she does it, it scares the hell out of me. Here, I'll show you all the things you should never do. So, so yeah. <laughs> all the crap you see daddy do, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, so we got her a car. And it's a decent little car, and we're cleaning it up. And she was home from college this weekend. Yeah, my kids in college got no driver's license. And she just went nuts. She's oh, seriously? so excited that she's got her own wheels finally. You know, that's what it takes. Uh, well, I guess it's what it takes nowadays. You know, you and I were a bit of a different age. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, once they get behind that wheel and get that feel, I had the same thing happen with friends, when uh, actor friends, when we went out and they had never shot a gun. Never shot never a rifle. Shot a gun. Never a shotgun. And we were having chats about it. And, the, you know, they're actors and they were all kind of like, well, what do you need? Blah, blah. And I'm like, have you ever tried it? Yeah. yeah. No. Don't knock it till you try it. Two weekends from now, join me. Uh-huh. And we went out and I burned through some freaking ordinance with these p- crazy, crazy damn people. Because once they got a, I got a 16 gauge Belgian Browning that my grandfather passed down to me and it is a boomstick. Mm-hmm. And once they got on that, it's like, <gasps> The, the eyeballs got yeah. so big, and I'm like, yeah. you want to do it again? Yeah. yeah okay. It's, Remember it's gun safety. Don't point at Somebody's anything. first taste of red meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I know I preach a lot about being a vegan, but can I have a little bit more of that? <laughs> so. Well, the most important thing about the car that uh, you're handing down to her, do you have a lot of cassettes? To uh, give to her? I do. I do. So she can listen Uh, in stereo. I saved all of them (laughs) because I still have a couple cars that are old enough to have cassette Mm -hmm. players in them. Believe it or not, that 99 Mercedes has an N-dash cassette with a CD changer. Oh, nice. That's just sexy. also had a factory phone in it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a landline. Oh, yeah. How the hell did they get away with that? uh, It does not work (laughs) anymore. I would Uh, think so. You can still make a 911 call with it, but that's about it. (laughs) That's not 2G, 3G, 5G, that's OG. No, that's that's no G. (laughs) No G. (laughs) Uh, The other thing, had another nice, long uh, American Legion Riders ride this weekend, and I was one of the road captains for that, which means I was frequently going from the back of our group to the very front so I could block traffic at the next intersection. Oh, gotcha. Which also means I rode that soft tail as hard as I've ever ridden it all day long. So... That wasn't the Moog Glide. That was the no, other. No, no, okay. no. That was nasty. That was the fast okay. bike. Oh, okay. I'm with you. All um, right. And not the fastest bike in ALR in our 
post anymore, but still the loudest. I think I've taken another 10% off my hearing. My ears have been ringing for three days, and that's with earplugs in. Oh, my God. And the other thing is I just rode that thing like a madman, and I've had nothing but Harley nightmares for the last three nights. So, <laughs> how about you? Did you finally did you finally land that 55 Plymouth for the love of God. Okay, here's the deal on the 55 Plymouth. Uh, I talked to the guy over the weekend, then I talked to a car hauler, finally got hold of him. I talked to the dude Saturday about the car, mm-hmm. talked to, uh, I left messages for the car hauler, and didn't get to talk to him until this morning. And then I was just a-holes and elbows for my job all, yeah. all day. And well, that's your job these days. And then got to, uh, you know, we're here recording. So as of this moment, I've got a phone call to make and an offer to make. Okay. And... We'll see where it goes from there. You throw down because uh, that's the one. Yeah, the more I look at it, you know, I I always get that that antsy feeling right when it comes trigger time, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, well, what about there's that '67 Newport? Well, what about? And I'm like, dude, just pick one, go. Because uh, even my wife, who laughs at me about this now, because I, you know, had my whiny, I've always wanted a classic mm-hmm. car, and I'm finally mm-hmm. gonna. And then she's like, did you get no? Did you get no? Pull the trigger, Mark. Even yeah. she knows it. Yeah. And the one thing that I have to remember is that no matter what I get, in about two weeks, I'll be kind of disappointed. You're going to have a little then buyer's I gotta, remorse. I got to be ready and then get over that because, yeah, that 55 Plymouth, it's it's mostly beautiful. But the other thing is you're going to get it. You're going to get into it. You're going to start working on it. Yeah. And then you're going you're gonna to be out there early on a Saturday morning with a cup of coffee in your hand working on the car going, this is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> this, this is right. <laughs> this, this is the best thing I've ever done. So uh, by next week, we'll have an update on whether it's, getting, it's in the process of shipping or whether I had to move on. So that that's – Honest to God, that is it. I, I haven't done jack. I'm standing otherwise. around until you make that call after the show, period. <laughs> All right, Minneapolis, it's coming. Taskmaster, got to stand there with a stick in my hand. <laughs> For the show, we've. I'm going to mark that. Mm-hmm. We've got all kinds of news in this show. Let's get rocking and rolling from thedrive.com, also a little bit from tflcar.com and evwest.com. Your new crate motor may come out with uh, without cylinders or really anything else. But it's a crate motor. No, it's not. No, I think, it's not. I think this is cool. I really, really do. I know you do. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I know you uh, do. Revolt Systems specializes in developing high-output electric drive systems for classic cars and hot rods. Electric drive systems. One of their projects was to fit a modern drivetrain into a 1965 Ford Mustang. Okay. Now, they reached out to the team of Tesla SWAT veterans at EV West. Revolt used the team's expertise to collaboratively design and manufacture an all-new swap kit that fits an electric drivetrain under the hood where your small block V8 used to be. Here's some of the cool things about it because, you know, you read about these things and, and they're, they're pulling out all your suspension and everything and you, you got to put in this and that. It's basically the body and what's left of the interior being put on top of something else. Not this. This is a crate motor you drop in. The swap kit was designed so classic muscle cars can keep some factory components. Motors longitudinally mounted under the hood using the same small block motor mounts. Using your small block motor mounts, at least this one. You're probably going to have to, you know, figure it out as they move on and make this more commercially oriented. Side profile of the unit resembles the shape of a transmission. Yeah, you're going to lift the hood, look at that, and go, that's too far forward. Yeah, what the hell is the? And then, you, you know, you start the car. No, you don't start it. You just turn <laughs> you, it on. You just go on. Uh, allows drivers to connect the new power plant to the factory drivetrain components. Really? Even the vehicle's va- factory third member can be utilized in order to change out the drive ratios. 
So you're going to have your factory drivetrain, uh, your drive shaft. You're going to have your factory rear end. It's the drive. Now, the one thing I could not find in all of this is like, okay, you've got all of this. I, I, where the hell's the battery? Is that part of that big block that kind of looks almost in the pseudo shape of a regular a- engine? No, because the batteries are probably flat. I'm guessing they're trunk mounted, maybe. 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 But, uh, you know, it looks cool as hell, in my opinion. Revolt says that it's an electric crate motor package, makes 600 horsepower, 900 pound feet of torque, which raises a question in my head. Do you really want your original parts packing that kind of punch? There's a bunch of them that mm, are not going to put up with that abuse. No. Since it's electric, that means all the torque is available all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, EV West told the drive that the motor is based on Tesla's rear drive unit, and there will eventually be an option for a performance model upgrade. Now, wait a second. Performance model upgrade? We're 600 horse and 900 pound feet. There's a... like current uh, electric motors that came out, I went to EV West website. They've mm-hmm. got a current version. It's not this. This is a, a new thing, but they've got like three levels of it. It's, I think it's a 60, oh, 80, and then L- the P85 or something. So performance. So you're talking anywhere from 400 to eight, 900 horsepower. Yeah, but range, I'm guessing also range has something to do with it. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, what they're doing now. And uh, let's see, da, 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 uh, the price, unit starter kit. The one that like that I looked at, the universal drive one, was just under twelve thousand dollars. That's an, and it comes with you know a lot. That's of stuff. a chunk of change, but honestly, it's not that bad. Yeah, try rebuilding a four hundred nine. It's uh, uh, that one clocks in between three hundred sixty to seven hundred four hundred seventy horsepower, depending. Ah, oh, there it is. Depending on whether it's the sixty eighty five or P eighty five. So the P does stand for for performance. Uh, so it's six hundred horse on this new drop in. I'm thinking you're gonna be paying a, a fairly premium chunk. Uh, oh, I'm sure for that much. I'm sure. But the idea that you could take an I, one of the, the, uh, we were just talking about Facebook. One of the Facebook groups I belong to is, uh, what is it like rust metal junkyard gold or some thing like that, that people are always posting these finds that they get and stuff that they're, they're salvaging and saving, dragging out of fields. And I'm like, this, this is the shizzle right here. Yeah. This is where these engines will drop in in the future because. <laughs> well, drop in, but there's going to be the additional cost of a titanium drive shaft to put up with 900 <laughs> pound feet of torque. And you know what? It'll be worth every penny. <laughs> It'll be like when you're sitting at the light revving your car up and it's twisting to one side. You get on this lane real hard and it lifts the driver's side front tire off the ground. Now, one of the things I think you're really going to have to pay attention to, especially with that much uh, torque right there at the very beginning. Tires. Not, well, not just drivetrain, not just tires, not just your rear end. You better pay some attention to your seats because those old seats, those benches, uh, uh, that shisa was not meant for that much force oh, being shoved crap. back you, on them. You take a stock 65 Mustang seat, you think you're not going to bend the back of that sucker? <laughs> you're going to be gangsta style after the first takeoff, man. You better hang on to that wheel. Oh, wow. It's the only thing keeping you up. So I think it's very cool, and I think this is the type of thing that will save a lot of the classics for the roads so it's that not inter- everything looks like a Camry. It's interesting to see where this is going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if anybody starts doing this for Camrys, they're going to be taken out and beaten. <laughs> uh, from the Journal of ClassicCars.com, uh, Modesto, one time home to George Lucas, gets a graffiti museum. Uh, George Lucas, a.k.a. Mr. Star Wars, grew up cruising downtown Modesto, California. He graduated from Thomas Downey High School in 1962 and helped crew for local sports car and future Shelby Cobra star Alan Grant. 
that's kind of where American graffiti was supposed to be, have been set. Yeah. Was Modesto. Yeah. He was basing from what I, few things I've read. Uh, it was, yeah, it was his growing up. Yeah. And it was, it, I mean, the movie came out in 73. Uh, so it was one of his first big budget films. Yep. Uh, this predates, uh, Star Wars and you go back and look at that now. And think of the cast of people that's in that. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> Holy hell. there's a lot of heavy hitters in there. Harrison Ford was in that. Suzanne Summers, uh, <sighs> Yeah. Ron Howard, who no longer appears in films, but he makes really great ones. He does. Uh, and Richard Dreyfus. This is it's a pretty hell. They had Wolfman Jack in it. It was really cool. And they were all babies. Yes, babies. Well, except for Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack was. He was never young. <laughs> nah, but he had the voice. You know. Yeah, he did. Uh, anyway, uh, after 15 years of work and planning, a group of local residents has secured a building to house the Graffiti USA Classic Car Museum. Cool. Themed after Lucas' 1973 movie American Graffiti, the museum will focus on the end of summer of 1962, like a last uh, cruise through Modesto by the recently graduated high school seniors. And the group is raising two and a half million dollars to turn the 45,000 square foot space, 45,000 square feet is a good size building. That's a chunk. Uh, into a viable attraction. Plans call for at least part of the museum to be open in time for Modesto's annual graffiti summer festival in June, 2021. Not only will cars be featured, but also other aspects of Modesto, including rockabilly music starting there with Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, and others Good all performing Lord. live. Yeah, that's a that's Modesto? A, that's a murderer's row right there. All of them performed live at local KTRB radio station. Uh, there will be fully func a fully functional 50s diner. There I hope go. it's Mel's. Dude, I worked at a 1950s-themed bar. When I was a very young man, uh -huh. yeah, it was hell on earth, but at least I met my wife there. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Uh, there will be vintage vehicles lining both sides of the indoor street, uh, storefronts mirroring Modesto businesses from 1962, cool. and a drive-in style theater showing American graffiti and other movies. In addition to the 65 cars parked within the street scene, the Dang. facility will have showrooms featuring a variety of vehicle genres and special displays. The founding committee hopes one of those displays will focus on the custom cars done by Winfield's custom shop owner, Gene Winfield, who grew up in Modesto and graduated from high school there in 1946. Oh, my God. For more information or to help with the cause, visit graffitiusamuseum.com. A drive your own, so to speak, drive-in theater, man. Can you man, imagine? I'd go. I'd oh go. hell yeah! Watch some good old movies, uh, car movies and stuff. I want to see if they've got the the thirty-two uh, coupe and uh, <laughs> Bob Falfa's fifty-five Chevy. Uh, yeah, that would work. Uh -huh. I'm in. <laughs> well done, you Modesto. Uh, from MuscleCarsAndTrucks.com, uh, the demon. Is in a lawsuit and the devil is in the detail. Dodge Demon, with its power at 840 horses, making it a street legal dragster. FCA limited production to just 3,300 units to ensure their continued collectability and charged a frickin' premium. Yes, they did. For every one of these. Sexy? Oh, yeah. Except it has a little problem. A report from carcomplaints.com states that a group of owners have just filed a class action lawsuit in California over a paint defect. See, and here's the thing with that. That car stickered in the mid-80s, if memory serves, or mid to upper 80s. But every 
dang one of them I've seen so far sold with a heavy premium on them. And I've seen them at auctions for upwards of 140, 150 grand. Damn. So the owners have money to pay for an attorney. Yep. And they're going to, I think they're, they're going to nail this. Yeah. It relates to a massive 45 square inch air grabber hood scoop. It is a big scoop. It's found exclusively on the Dodge Demon models. More specifically, the, uh, the issues stem from the outer bezel of the scoop, which is the only part that is visible from the exterior. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the complaint, this insert expands and contracts when owners are using their vehicles, resulting in paint damage around the area. Eee. Yeah, I think that was just a little little engineering oops. Uh, frustrated with arguing over paint quality issues on a valuable collector's car, the plaintiff went to the law offices of some dude who will represent the class action uh-huh. in uh, Western District of California. Huh? California? Yeah, the, yeah, the, lawsuit? What? The, the dude looked a little like a demon, too. He had horns and kind of a pointy goatee. Yeah, and he laughs really weird. <laughs> <laughs> FCA was clearly aware of the issue as the company released a service bulletin related to the air grabber hood scoop before the lawsuit was even filed. Okay. It was a Bolton 23-033-19. It called for a smaller bezel to be used in place of the factory unit. Thing is, the owners didn't find that to be satisfactory. Okay. Plaintiff alleges that this was an insufficient repair and that it turns the demon into a different car than advertised. It's, which is, Uh, uh, maybe we're not seeing the full picture here. Yeah, there, there must be something, there must be some drastic change when you put in that slightly smaller scoop. Huh. I don't know. Perhaps the worst part about this whole situation is the fact that FCA has allegedly been denying customers any sort of warranty payments related to the paint defect. Ah. Um, You went and pissed off the people that paid you a lot of money for your toys. Yeah, and even (laughs) if you bought it for sticker, again, it was real close to six figures. That's not a cheap car. And if you had to pay the premium that lots of dealers tacked on there, market adjusted price, which means bend over, we're going to give it to yeah, you. Yeah, here it comes. One more. <laughs> we're gift. parking it right there. Uh huh. So, so I really hope that, you know, as much as I dig Mopar, that FCA doesn't add FU to its initials. Yeah, well, FUCA. and there we are (laughs) from auto week and also haggerty baby it's cold outside yes it is Uh, not this week but there's some well no (laughs) we're we're having a week long (laughs) really hell it was heat wave and you know it was 82 today and it's supposed to be 87 tomorrow i know what kind of stupid stuff is this well here's the weird thing if you look at the hour by hour temps 82 outside, by the time we get done recording this and I go home, it's going to be in the 60s. <laughs> Welcome to Kansas, kids. Uh-huh. Baby, it's cold outside, or it's about to be. Uh, there's some useful information uh, in these suggestions from Auto Week for winterizing your ride. Yeah. Now, if you are not like me and you don't torment your cars by driving them year-round, <laughs> Hey, man, if the streets are dry and it's above, you know, 30 degrees, here's the thing. Corvette owners know this, especially early Corvette owners. Take one out in the cold, hit it with anything, watch it shatter. Oh. It's fiberglass, baby. Yeah. Fiberglass. Yeah. You know, you've seen people who've got, when it's really cold and they put their uh, their trash cans outside, plastic trash cans, and it gets hit and it just disintegrates. Yeah. Fiberglass does something really similar. <laughs> it's not good. 
So yeah, I'm. Uh, I will put the hard top on the Corvette, and I will drive it when the weather is cold. But I do draw a line. Yeah. And as far as uh, Vlad is concerned, uh, got to be dry. Can't be sold on the streets or anything else. If you're going to tuck your car away, you should put some fuel stabilizer in it. New gasoline has a lot of ethanol in it in most places. And ethanol in the new fuel goes south even faster than regular old gas gas uh, did. It doesn't last very long. It's like a matter of months and not very many of them. Yeah. So use some sort of a fuel stabilizer. Uh, fuel stabilizers like Stabil help slow fuel oxidation, ensuring you don't have to flush your tank or you don't have a tank full of varnish come spring. <laughs> and every classic car owner or anybody who's got a collector car that sits more than it drives knows opening the gas cap and smelling that smell. And thinking, oh, crap, I'm screwed. Side note, that's what pisses me off about, uh, uh, what is it, uh, The Walking Dead, that a car that has sat oh, for yeah. five years yeah. can start right up. Yeah, well, I really? quit, I quit walking. I quit watching The Walking Dead after Frank Darabont left, so I don't know <laughs> what's going on. You know, I got that first that first season going on. I know some guy showed up with a bat with barbed. Oh, that annoying. Over. Anyway, I digress. And, you and, were saying, and a buddy of mine looks almost like him, and I oh, got God. to see seven hundred pictures of my buddy. <laughs> while you just quit, okay? Um, get a car cover. A quality, breathable car cover will help dust and debris from falling on your prized possession. Mm -hmm. This is especially good if you've got like a detached garage or barn or someplace you park your car where there may be critters about oh, yeah, yeah. looking to use your car as a target. <laughs> uh, just a car cover is not a bad idea. I stay away from them, but my warehouse is hermetically sealed. I don't really have to worry about yeah. that crap. Uh, this will only give you a head start with your springtime detail. Will not only give you a head start with your springtime detail, but will also help prevent any accidental scratches that can happen in storage. A battery tender. I have these on my cars and my bikes all the time. Oh, wow. All the time. Uh, I'm a big believer in battery tenders. There's there, there is likely something on your car or motorcycle that is draining power. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an alarm system. It could be something really little, but nothing's more depressing than going to get on or in click. one of your vehicles and having it go click. The Moo Glide did it to me Saturday. I had the thing loaded up for that ride and ready to roll, and I was running short. I went out to the garage, turned the ignition on, and it goes, tink, and that was it. And I didn't get a time to figure it out until I got back home. I had to quickly throw all the crap on my other bike and go like hell. A battery tender is a good idea. That was not a battery tender-related thing. It was something else. Dryer sheets. These are a great idea. I'm a huge believer of these. Put them inside your car, put them under the hood, put them around your car. Mice hate dryer sheets. They hate them. That's wild. They hate them. In fact, I even had a little mousy family that was trying to take up residence in my hot tub outside, and I started stuffing dryer sheets in the little uh – because -huh. there's little spots that mousies can climb in. Sure. And I don't need Mr. and Mrs. Nibbles taking up permanent residence <laughs> in my hot tub. No. So big believer in dryer sheets. Uh, don't let your wife throw those away, or if you're doing your own laundry, don't, don't throw those away. Save them. They're good for things. You know, keep them in your pockets. You always smell like a spring breeze. <laughs> 
uh, a hydrometer or a refractometer, you want something to tell you just how good your coolant is and what the freezing point is on it. Uh, if you, your, your coolant isn't what it should be, it can freeze. Yeah. And when it does, it'll crack blocks and pop freeze plugs and do all kinds of nasty crap. Uh, if you've ever owned a boat, boy, you know about freeze plugs. <laughs> so uh, make sure you check your coolant before you put it away. Also, so a few tips from Haggerty. Put some kind of a non-nesting blockage in the t- end of your tailpipe on your car uh, to stop rodents from getting in also on your car. Uh, a rag equals a nest. So use a tough plastic bag or maybe aluminum foil, tennis ball, Yeah, something that they balls. don't really care for. Yeah, something that – Oh, man. God, just thinking about chewing up tinfoil. If you don't have a battery tender, take the battery out and store it separately. Don't put it on a concrete floor. Uh, Take it into your home. Put it someplace warm where it'll retain some of its charge. Put a plastic bag over the air cleaner and the air inlets. Place the vehicle on jack stands to avoid flat tire spots. I'm telling you, if you don't think flat spots happen, you're lying to yourself. I got them on more than one car. If I let the Impala or the Corvette set too long, and I already know that that Mercedes has got flat spots on the tires, I could probably take them off and use them for a table. I have uh, I have test-driven cars with flat spots. <laughs> yeah. And it's exciting. Yeah, this is sat for a while, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, well, I'm glad my, my fillings are in nice and tight. <laughs> Uh, if you start it every once in a while during storage, let it run at least 10 minutes or more to burn off the water vapors that build up and uh, uh, get the oil warm and make sure everything's kind of lubed and moving. Even when I haven't been driving my stuff, I still go start it, and that helps a ton. It'll also, uh, given that time, it'll put a little charge back on the battery. Yeah. So good thing to do. You know, I hadn't even thought about the fact that you need to leave it running for a while to dry it out. Yeah. The water and, thing was a – oh, that and makes sense. I know I shouldn't have to say so, but doggone it, don't do it in the garage or the barn or the warehouse unless it's ventilated. Make sure you take it outside. No one needs to find you. Your, <laughs> your, your car's on. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the idiot lights are on. The cars run out of gas, and you're passed out on the floor next to it. Uh, your wife will put all those uh, mothballs in your tailpipe yeah, and well, leave you out there for next season. <laughs> won't have to worry about the rodents either. Um, and another one, make sure your window's closed. Make sure your windows are closed. Now, yeah. uh, one of the things that they didn't note but I like to do, uh, get a big desiccant bag that you can renew by sticking in your oven for an hour or two. They make them and they're oh, yeah. just for this. When you roll your windows up, throw one of those desiccant bags in on the floor and make sure that it absorbs all the moisture inside yeah. the car. And along with that, while you're at it, if you think of it, uh, you might sprinkle a little bit of baking soda in the carpets before you put it away. When you pull it out in spring, you can just vacuum that right out. It helps fight odors that oh, accumulate nice. in the cars. A uh, little uh, little tease uh, of information from Uncle Brett, who's uh, <laughs> who's got a little experience. Open up a car and go, "What the hell is that oh, smell? Damn! Oh my god! <laughs> by the way, well there you go. You can find links to these stories and more on our blog at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Now coming up in our second segment, let's talk seeing all the glory of fall right here in the Big Square Pancake. Yes, we am. Road tripping the season in Kansas is up next on Road Muscle Radio.
We're back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. And please, if you have the opportunity, if whatever you're listening to us on, leave a review, maybe a, maybe a thumbs up. We'd love to know what you think. And so would iTunes and about every other algorithm on the planet for pushing us out there. So, yes, uh, tis the season for trees that look like fire, cold mornings with hot coffee, long vistas, drives out into the prairie, the rolling hills, the breaks, and so much more. But, uh, but where's the best stuff? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Sue Stringer, the Byways and Agritourism Manager from the Kansas Travel Tourism Division, and Colby Sharples Terry with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism, plus member of the North America Travel Journalists Association. It's time to dish on the best sites to see and events to be in the Big KS. Sue and Colby, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Joining us via Zoom, so I just waved, and you can't hear that I'm here on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> since, since we're really kind of Kansas City, Hi, Colby. Uh, we're Kansas City based, and we're kind of fanning out from there, uh, heading west. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the get home late byways that we could venture down within a day drive. Now, like for a, a, a basic primer. We all hear about the prairies. So what would be some decent prairie views, do you think, some ways to go? Sure. Well, I'm going to start you off on a couple of our byways, and one of them is a National Scenic Byway, which is the Flint Hills National Scenic Byway. Oh, yes, yes. We actually have two byways that are in the Flint Hills, and the other one is a Native Stone Scenic Byway. So the Flint Hills Scenic Byway is a great day trip, and if I was going to drive it, uh, I would – go to Manhattan first and visit the Flint Hills Discovery Center. And I say that because people really have no idea what they're looking at. When they get out in the Flint Hills, you might just think it's grass. But the importance of the Kansas Flint Hills and the Tallgrass Prairie is it's the only remaining 4% in the world. So as you travel those beautiful Flint Hills, in the fall they're going to be rust-colored, or if it rains they might be a little blue or red. But it's an important ecological point that Kansas has that most other states don't have. And so you get down in the little towns of uh, Strong City, Cottonwood Falls, uh, Council Grove is part of the Santa Fe Trail, and they have like 15 historic sites right in that town. Yeah, because isn't Council Grove stopped. kind of a big deal in history as, yes, uh, for the Western kind of Movement? Yes, it's a big deal. Yeah, it was, uh, they had the, a post office there and then several other important points, the call mission, uh, several things that are there. And then you can take the byway all the way to Cassidy, and Cassidy is kind of the end of that byway. And, you know, the first Sunday of the month from May until November, Cassidy has a motorcycle run. And oh. you'll see motorcycles from all over Kansas come to kind of a festival event and everybody has their bikes out or hot rod cars and are showing them off in Cassidy, Kansas. Been there a few times. Isn't Cassidy also the world headquarters and home of uh, the prairie chicken? It is the prairie capital of the world. Yes. Stop by there. How would you know that? Well, because I, I go on these kind of drives, man. I just love tooling around and seeing little towns and seeing what's back in them. And Cassidy, I stopped and I took a picture under the sign because I'm like, that's that's a hell of a claim, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it is. And wow. it, it used to be a lot of prairie chickens. The number has dwindled some. 
Uh, and actually, people love to go out and watch the prairie chickens when they mate because they make this. <laughs> so that I'm, I don't, I've never seen it. I'm but, sure you uh, haven't. <laughs> it, people come from all over the world to watch prairie chickens mate. Honest to God. Well, you know, you can find some underground videos, but you have to go to the dark web. <laughs> so we've got Cassidy. There's a rest stop, or I, it's not really a rest stop. It's a scenic view stop that's on I-35 as you uh, get down toward Wichita. And you get out there, and it's just so quiet. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. Amazing. It's called Matfield Green, Matfield Green Cattle cattle stop or something like that you know that the uh, antelope there's an antelope herd in flint hills and a lot of times if it can be seen you can see it from that stop we've got Uh, antelope no kidding yeah do we have zebras did you mention was the other one the post rock byway no it's a native stone scenic byway and it is probably to me the best motorcycle ride in the state of kansas k99 it has horizontal and vertical curves. Wait, I'm ready. Uh, you down. Get on it off of I-70 at Manhattan and take it through kind of the bottom, the Kansas River bottom, and then come up through uh, wonderful little towns of Zinland and Wabunsee. And okay. Wabunsee has a Bible, rifle Bible and Baptist church, which is part of the, <laughs> uh, I know, uh, no, part of fantastic. the Underground Railroad. Oh, and the wow. story was that rifles were sent in bible boxes but that's not a true story it's a good folklore and then you come back up and it'll take you through Eskridge, Alma Creamery, uh, Wabunsee State Fishing Lake uh, there's just it's just up and down and around in curves and just a beautiful drive so it's the other Flint Hills Byway. You know heading up to uh, Manhattan off of I-70 is lovely there's a beautiful yes, uh, out- outlook place there that you can get over and just see so far and so long. There are some very great, good outlooks. Not out to there. mention there's a heck of a car mu- uh, not museum, a car experience there. Yeah, uh, Midwest Dream Car. Yeah, right there. In, in Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. Uh, you need to. It's owned by a friend of ours, Ward Morgan, and his wife, Brenda. And it's... Does, doesn't he own... Uh, Everything? Civic Plus, uh, yeah, I think. Yes. And half my daughter works for him. <laughs> yeah, my daughter works for him. Let's up the ante. Yeah, I, if if I was going to drive from Kansas City, I would go clear down to the state line just south on US 69, all the way down to, you could either start at the Oklahoma-Kansas line, and you would be driving the Frontier Military Historic Byway, uh, which has a lot of locations of the beginning of the Civil War in Kansas were started in Kansas, the battles uh-huh. that took place uh-huh. here. And then in Baxter Springs is also where Route 66 in Kansas starts. We have oh. a whole 13.2 miles of Route 66 <laughs> that travels through Kansas. The, the original son of Route a gun 66. didn't mention it in his song. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. <laughs> it is the original Route 66, and we have the only remaining Marsh Arch Bridge on the whole Route, route 66 route. What the hell so, is a Marsh Arch uh, Bridge? It's hard to say. So what is it? At- Marsh Arch Bridge. It's two humps. Humps. A hump bridge, you know, kind of a yeah. arch. Got the little arch Marsh over it? arch. It's called a... My husband's an engineer. Okay, so it's things <laughs> you know. But it, it's it's a cur- rainbow bridge, a curve like okay. a rainbow. Yeah. And uh, people come from all over the world to see it. And there's a lot of marriages that take place. And then they have a Riverton store at 
Riverton, which has been there for years and years with Route 66 memorabilia. It, it's just kind of a, a neat little drive. And then as you come back up, um, you can stay in Pittsburgh or see some of the sites there. Uh, stay overnight in one of the towns, Pittsburgh or Fort Scott. See the uh, oh, the Fort Scott State Historic Site. That's pretty big, too. You can see that from the highway and some of the yeah, buildings. You you're like, holy cow, look at all that. I have not stopped there yet because I've, I've driven through there. I like to take a more scenic route to get to uh, Dallas. I have some family that lives down there. So I'll, I'll take 69 and just keep on going. You get into Arkansas, and there's some beautiful drives down there, and then you hit 40, la, 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 la. But uh, uh, passing through uh, past Fort Scott and seeing those buildings and some of the old, old downtown buildings, oh, my God. It's just like I hear the siren call, and I have to force myself to stay on force the road. I, I am all for finding any route to Dallas that avoids Oklahoma. <laughs> And then Sunday morning, you get up and enjoy the wineries in Miami County. We've got five wineries in Miami County uh, that are open on, on Saturdays, Sundays. Usually they start Thursday, Friday, something like that, open during the daytime. And it's just a real nice day trip to check them all out. They're all within a 30-minute drive. What about festivals here in the fall? So this year's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, we do know that Lake Garnett is having their Grand Prix revival this weekend, mm-hmm. which would be, uh, I believe, it's October 9th through October 11th. Um, and from what I understand, for vintage car people, this is kind of the it event for the Midwest and the region. Yeah. Um, but it's just a hard year. You know, Atchison is a beautiful drive, and they have tons of haunted experiences that you could do when you get there and tours. Um, but Sewell can, can tell you a lot of our agritourism businesses um, pumpkin patches and so forth are open. Um, a short drive out of Kansas City, you guys could go to Gary's Berries in Grantville, Kansas. That's a beautiful drive. You go by Lake Perry, um, and they do fireworks every Friday night, so it'd be a nice stop of the night. See some oh, fireworks. Yeah. I, I've been up to Atchison I, uh, a bunch of times. Uh, I love the town. I love the kind of look at it, going up to the top of the hill and then getting that view that is just one street away from a cliff in the river. And then they've got the Sally House up there, which uh, is the most haunted house in America, supposedly. A co-worker of uh, Colby and mine, we stayed the night at the uh, mansion that's across from the Sally House. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went over and walked around and kind of looked in the windows that night and... and uh, the story is that Sally doesn't like men because it was a man when she was uh, that was operating on her when she was on the table uh-huh. when she passed. And the one thing that that she does to men is usually scratches them. Mm-hmm. Sounds like my kind of girl. Next morning with a scratch on her arm. I kid you not. Dun, and then dun, uh, dun. we bought some most wanted vodka from. Atchison, it's up by Atchison. <laughs> yep, yep. Distillery. My husband had scratches on him the next morning. Atchison, oh, that, that drive, the Glacier Hill Scenic Byway, um, I don't know whether I told you after we got live or not, is probably the most colorful one. Either that one or you talked about K7 down through Mountain City. Yes. Stay in those maple areas, Baldwin City, where the maple trees are heavy. Those are all going to be beautiful drives this time of the year. Now, we talked a little bit about Kansas agritourism. I I had a little fun with that because what is it and how does it really benefit the state? Yeah. (laughs) 
for agriculture meets tourism. So, so are we looking uh, at corn? I mean, come on, fill me in here. Uh, agriculture, okay. <laughs> Soybeans? Corn, what the hell? Corn or corn? I'm not sure what you said. Corn maize, uh, buddy. Corn, yes. Um, you know, you were looking for places to drink. A lot of the agritourism businesses have uh, ventured into some adult entertainment in drinking only and uh, like the pumpkin patch down at burns uh walter's pumpkin patch they have the pickled pumpkin where they've cut out uh a uh, old corn bin and kind of have their bar set up in there oh brilliant uh, this is a great time for agritourism because uh the fall festivals you were asking about some of those uh pumpkin patches are huge and then a lot of these pumpkin patches go into some sort of wine event wine in the corn maze they make good use of their corn maze after it's over and and find the wine in the corn maze so um you know just just varied ways to diversify the farm a little bit more the land uh a lot of these guys are still farm full-time and they make their extra income then by opening up their place for six weeks or a season with their produce or vegetables you pick apple orchards things like that And then the fall festivals with activities, a lot of them have uh, fire pits. So if you live in the city and you don't get an opportunity to go to a good old bonfire, they'll rent out a fire pit, you know, in four hour segments, something like that. And you can take your s'mores and your hot dogs and enjoy the Kansas skies. And and, uh, that's what agritourism is, uh, bed and breakfasts, wedding venues, things like that. If we want to go and really figure out our our tour route and the places that we want to hit up, what are some good places that uh, we can go to get all this kind of information? Uh, Definitely our website, which is TravelKS.com. And we also have a gear store on there. So as you're traveling, you can rock some of our new Kansas gear. Um, But also as you travel and you're taking pictures, use our hashtag, which is to the stars KS. Um, and that way, you know, if you're snapping cool pics, we may ask you like, hey, rad pic, do you mind if we use that in some of our marketing? And uh, uh, we'd love to share just that user content, those user experiences. They're a lot more authentic than when we sometimes send people out with a camera. So right. use our hashtag and uh, check out our website. We really yeah. appreciate your time coming on with us tonight to share some of the highways and byways that you can head out here this fall. TravelKS.com, Sue, Colby, Thank you so much for sharing the highways and byways and festivals. Oh, my, here on Road Muscle Radio. Thank you for having us. Great time. And thank you for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease gears and cool car stuff. There's nothing like going on a fun ride like we just talked about, especially when you've got best buds to share it with. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com. On Twitter, I'm Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.